Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is James Taylor, and I serve as the bass soloist in our congregation. Let us now prepare our hearts for worship as we bow our heads for the prayer of invocation. Open our senses to your direction, amazing God, so we may be alert to opportunities you give us. Fill us with good news to share with those who seek meaning for their lives. We are here because we need the good news ourselves. There is much in life that we do not understand. We seek to know your word and to be led by it. Recall us to the vows of our baptism, reconfirming in us the covenant promises that link us to you and to one another. As we meet you here, our hearts are lifted up in praise. May our worship glorify your name and be pleasing to you. Amen. Let us praise God through our worship.
in body or spirit, please stand for the responsive call to worship. You will see that it begins on page three, but continues on page four. Come to worship God, whose love was revealed in Jesus. Let all the ends of the earth turn to our God. Beloved, we are called to love as God loves us. We are to love one another as sisters and brothers. Remember that you have been baptized. God claims you and has high expectations of you. Thanks be to God, whose love was revealed in Jesus. Let us worship God.
the proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And because we have faith in him, we dare to approach God with confidence. In faith and in penitence, let us confess our sin before God and one another. O oh God, we have ignored our origin in you and denied your rule over the nations. We have pursued illusions of self-interest rather than abiding in your love. We have turned away from brothers and sisters as if they were enemies to be hated. We are afraid to love those who differ from us or who have the power to harm us. We hesitate to take the risks of caring for fear that we may be hurt. Discipleship seems too demanding. Oh God, release us from our fears and failures to trust your love and live with bold generosity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ, and Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who isn't Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Let us affirm what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now take a moment to acknowledge who is around you and to offer the peace of Christ with one another. Peace be with you.
Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. We are so glad that you have joined us here in person, and we are so glad that you have joined us from your home. And today, we are especially glad that Pastor Mingy has returned from sabbatical. If you are interested in becoming a part of this amazing congregation, we invite you to join Pastor Mingy over in the chapel right after this worship service. Well, we're excited that Wednesday Night Life is going to get started on September 1st at 6.30 over in the Campus Center. Now, we are not going to start with dinners just yet as COVID has raised its ugly head, but Steve is going to be teaching a new class called The Amazing Life-Giving... Oh, no, 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 no. The amazing, life-changing word of the Bible. There are three different ways that you can watch and listen to this class. You can go live and hear him teach. You can live stream it and hear him teach. Or you can watch it later because it'll be recorded. Now we're doing all of this because this is what our Life Together groups are going to be gathering around. We're not reading a book this fall. We're doing that teaching. If you are not yet part of a Life Together group, contact Pastor Mingy. She will get you connected. Some of those groups will be meeting on Zoom, some in person. You don't want to miss that opportunity to connect with one another. This week, you may have received this cool little postcard about the fall kickoff, and it says, God is doing a new thing. Well, with COVID raising its ugly head, we too are doing a new thing. Rather than gather over in the Palm Center shoulder to shoulder, we're going to set up under the tree. We also, just because weather has been kind of crazy, when you leave worship next week, you will receive this very cool shopping bag with Church of the Palms right on it. And inside there will be great information and goodies like your very own Church of the Palms mug. So, you'll get this as you leave. If the weather is good, you can go out under the tree and fill your new mug with coffee or water, chat with each other, chat with the ministry leaders that will be under the tree. For those of you who are not back to worship yet, we will do a one-stop drive-through next Sunday from 12.30 to 1.30, just in front of the sanctuary there where we have the covering that you can drive under, and we will give you your goodie bag. COVID. Yuck, crazy COVID. We are not going to start singing in choir next this upcoming week. We're pushing it back a month, trying to let that settle down again. And you probably know because of COVID, we are no longer allowed to make visitation in the hospital. So if you know of anyone who's in the hospital, please call the front office and let us know. We still make phone calls and we really want to connect with you when you are ill. With Alan's um, sudden passing, we have invited two retired pastors who worship with us to help us with our pastoral care and calling. You will see their names, their pictures, their biographies on page seven, and they are both here this morning. So I would like to invite our friends Melvin Christian and Stuart Broberg to please stand up so we can put a face with a name. Thank you so much for joining us in that important ministry of caring for one another. Now it's my pleasure to invite to come forward.
has been serving in Turkey for 18 years. She partners with a local church there and works with university students, and she's going to share a word with us today.
Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for the privilege to worship you freely this day. We're grateful that we have the freedom to come without fear and to celebrate our love and commitment to you and to the gospel. We thank you, O Lord, for all that we get to do in loving and serving you and our neighbors. Great God, we thank you for the bonds that hold us together as members of this part of Christ's body, and that we can encourage and support one another in life and faith. Almighty God, we lift up and pray for the people of Afghanistan, Haiti, Cuba, and Myanmar. We pray also for people from other nations, including our very own, who are caught within. Give them safety and safe exit, we pray. Protect and save those who must remain in Afghanistan, we pray. Merciful God, we pray for your power of healing for all those suffering from sicknesses and isolation, including COVID-19. Protect and bless those who care for them, we pray. We lift up those who are on their way home to you. May their journey home be filled with your peace and presence. We remember those who mourn this day, including ourselves, as we remember our dear Pastor Alan, who is now with you. May we all feel your comfort and peace, we pray. Great God, protect the good military and mission workers and those first responders, we pray. Bless all the teachers and students, we pray. Bless us as we prepare to kick off our new program year at the church, we pray. We bring all our prayers, spoken and unspoken to you, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So now it is the time we called a moment of gratitude. We are indeed grateful to God this day, for we know all we have, including our very own lives, are a gift from God. The gospel according to Mark chapter 4, verse 24, tells us, Jesus said, pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given to you. Let us now give God generously.
Let us pray. We love you, O God, for you loved us first. We can give you, O God, because you have blessed us and given us first. Now this moment in worship, accept these, our offerings of love and gratitude, for we dedicate them to you for your ministry and missions. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. We are at the final stained glass window of the chapel series, Windows on the Word. Again, we will see that vertical connection to God, which always leads to the horizontal connection to others. We have one last week with our memory verse from Acts 17:27: Grope for God and find him though indeed he is not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. Last week, we put our feet in the sandals of the woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. As an outsider, as someone who was living on the fringe, we explored how groping for God may include having the courage to be vulnerable enough to reach out and ask for help. The sermon title for today is, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And we get to take a look at the stranger over there. This window on your bulletin depicts the baptism of the strange man known as the Ethiopian eunuch. You can see his chariot in the background as he was a high-ranking official in the queen's court. A deacon named Philip is baptizing him after Philip expounded on a section of scripture in Isaiah and shared the good news of Jesus. The symbol in the upper window is the scallop shell of baptism, pouring water on the fish, the traditional symbol of a Christian. The scripture passage comes from Acts of the Apostles. As you know, the book of Acts is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke and has the same author. 
In Acts, Luke tells us how the story of the church is connected to the story of Jesus Christ. Acts begins after Jesus was raised from the dead. Jesus appears to the disciples for 40 days, ordering them to stay in Jerusalem to wait for the Holy Spirit. Just before Jesus is ascended into heaven, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The scripture passage for the stained glass window today comes from Acts 8, verses 26 through 40. Hear the word of God. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip said, Do you understand what you're reading? The eunuch replied, How can I unless someone guides me? Then he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak. And starting with this scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With privilege... We choose our neighborhoods carefully, don't we? We want to live in safe places that are in good school districts, ideally among like-minded people, people who would make good neighbors. We used to dream of a white picket fence, but moving to Florida 24 years ago, that dream gave way to a gated community. Have you ever seen so many gated communities? I have been living in the same gated community, in the same house since 1997. 
Neighbors have come and gone, but I haven't known many of them very well, even though we literally live within walking distance of each other. Before moving to Florida, all of the activity happened in the front of the house. Kids playing in the front yards, riding big wheels up and down the sidewalks, adults lingering in conversations. This led to a lot of picnics and a lot of potluck garage parties. Maybe it's chaotic schedules or just the times we live in, but our neighbors tend to drive into the garage and shut the door. I'm guilty of this too, so we just don't know our neighbors very well. All this changed when we got a dog, especially a dog who runs away whenever he has the slightest opportunity. Malachi, our rescued husky, has loads of energy and he needs exercise. So thanks to him, for the last seven years, during our walks, we have been out in our neighborhood meeting and chatting regularly with actual neighbors. Now, when we go to the dog park or the dog beach and Malachi is off-leash, Malachi chooses strangers for us to meet. We meet people from all kinds of backgrounds that occupy all sorts of categories, like young and old, black, white, and brown, rich and not. Something lovely happens when we meet fellow dog parents. With our defenses down, we are invited to warmly engage with bona fide strangers. And for that reason alone, I wonder if God would like to add dogs to the spiritual toolbox. Then a dog could be chosen and dropped into our lives just like a spiritual gift because we don't tend to listen and obey quite as well as Philip. In our scripture passage today, an angel of the Lord told Philip to go to a road out in the wilderness. Now this is not a particularly safe place to go. Remember it was on a wilderness road where the good Samaritan rescued the man who was beaten and left for dead. Even so, Philip didn't question or argue with the Holy Spirit. Verse 27 says, so he got up and went, just like that. Now Luke doesn't tell us how long Philip is on the road, but at some point, a strange stranger scoots by in his chariot. There are some odd things to note that the original listening community would have understood, but those of us in the 21st century may need a little guidance. For example, the term Ethiopian in the Greco-Roman world usually meant black skin. We are told that this Ethiopian is a court official in charge of the queen's entire treasury, which means he is a man of power and wealth. Most eunuchs at this time had their sexual status altered. According to Deuteronomy 23.1, since he was half a man, he was legally excluded from the temple. This man in the chariot is the poster child of the outsider for these Jewish people who are now Christ followers. And yet, he was still pursuing God. He was on his way back from Jerusalem where the text tells us he had gone to worship God. And now, he was even reading the scriptures. One glance 
in his direction, and we can tell how strange he is. Tell me, would you strike up a conversation with this eunuch? I'm ashamed to say, I don't think I would. I pondered that quite a bit this week, wondering what I was missing or what I needed to develop to be more open to the stranger. Part of the answer for me came as I watched an episode of Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is probably one of my favorite shows. It's on Apple TV. It's the story of an American football coach who is hired as a soccer coach in England, which of course they call football. Ted knows nothing about that game, but he knows about people. If you can get past the colorful language, you might enjoy the storyline, the humor, and the emotions that you feel in each 30-minute episode. One of the things I like best about Ted Lasso it is his, he is hopelessly optimistic, and he acts as if everyone is worthy of his time, kindness, and respect, especially those who don't seem to deserve it. In a recent episode, Ted reflected on a time back in school when everyone disregarded him or bullied him or just overlooked him. You could hear the pain lingering in his voice. And then he said, those people who dismissed me lacked one thing, curiosity. Although curiosity has a bad rap with cats, studies have shown that curiosity might be the social glue that strengthens our relationships. Imagine a posture of healthy curiosity when you see someone who looks different or acts different from you, someone who is outside of your social circle. When curious, our body language changes, our faces soften, we ask better questions, and we are more attentive Perhaps curiosity can even help us to step out of our comfort zone a bit, like when the Holy Spirit prompts you to go have a conversation with a complete stranger. I don't know if Philip was curious, but he continued to be a good listener, in tune with the Spirit, and, and, and an obedient follower of Jesus Christ. Philip jogged up to that chariot, hopped in right next to the stranger, I read how a rookie news reporter was seeking guidance from a seasoned veteran as she began her career. The advice was simple. Even if your assignment is a high school graduation ceremony or a routine trial, find the most interesting person to sit with. With the help of the Holy Spirit, Philip did just that. Bumping along in the chariot, they chatted about this passage from Isaiah. After Philip proclaimed the good news about Jesus, the unnamed eunuch posed the question that I'm afraid we might answer wrong. Seeing some water, the eunuch boldly asks, what's to prevent me from being baptized? What's to prevent you from being baptized into our family? Oh my goodness, the list is long. You're not a Jew. You have no instruction in the faith. Your sexual status is all wrong. You're not even allowed in the temple for Pete's sake. You are a different race, a different nationality. You are from Ethiopia, the ends of the earth. 
in tune with the Spirit, we know that Philip answered correctly. Philip baptized this strange outsider. He followed the command of Jesus, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and yes, even to the ends of the earth. Baptism is the sign and seal of belonging. The eunuch is one of us now, part of God's family. It's like being a student at the all-boys Gilman High School in Maryland. You may remember how their successful football coach has some ironclad rules, such as no Gilman football player should ever let another Gilman boy, teammate or not, eat lunch alone. The coach got up on his soapbox and he said, the rest of the world's always going to try to separate you. That's almost a law of nature. going to happen no matter what, right? The rest of the world will want to separate you by race, by socioeconomic status, by education level, by religion, by neighborhood, by what kind of car you drive, by what kind of clothes you wear, by athletic ability. You name it, always going to be people who want to separate by that stuff. Well, if you let it happen now, then you'll let it happen later. Don't let it happen. If you're one of us, you won't walk around putting people in boxes. Not now, not ever. Because every single one of them has something to offer. Every single one of them is special. So if you happen to see another boy off by himself, go sit with him or bring him over to sit with you and your friends. I don't care if you know him or not. I don't care if he's the best athlete in the school or the so-called nerd with his head down in the books. You go get him and you make him feel wanted. You make him feel special. Doesn't that sound just like something Jesus would say? Inclusion is not a favor we do for someone else. It's embracing the fact that everyone has value. Everyone. And it's not our job to decide who's in or who's out. Our job is to listen to the Spirit. Maybe our job is to get a dog or perhaps to cultivate curiosity. But most importantly, our job is to obey the Spirit's promptings and to know that God's Spirit always leads towards more inclusion and more love. I was thinking about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood this past week as I knew the Ethiopian eunuch might stretch our concept of neighbor. Fred Rogers exhibited radical kindness, acceptance, and empathy, which made people young and old feel safe cared for, and valued. I was looking at his theme song, and I want to read a few lines of it to you. As I do, imagine it is God who is singing this song to you and to everyone else. And then imagine that you have the courage to say these words to everyone as well. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? 
I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Friends, as we engage with and soften toward the stranger, may the beauty of God be reflected in your eyes, the love of God reflected in your hands, the wisdom of God reflected in your words, and the knowledge of God flow through your hearts so that all might see and believe. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen.